0: It is
1: Thursday, February
0: 15th. I'm Scott Seidenberg.
1: You know, AJ was supposed to send me notes, but um, Saldix kicked butt today.
0: Here comes the Vegas truth. This is
1: straight out of Vegas.
0: And we are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day RJ Bell sitting in for AJ Hoffman.
1: Oh, I never thought I'd hear that one. <laughs> I'm sitting in for AJ Hoffman. Hey, I didn't hit 64% the last two years, so I'll, there, try, I'll try to live up to it. There you go. Uh, we
0: got a couple of NFL stories, a uh, big uh, potential. NBA news as it comes to uh, relocation or expansion here to Las Vegas. But before we get started, we have to acknowledge what went down in Kansas City yesterday. What was supposed to be a celebration, a joyous time, the Chiefs Championship Parade. When it was all said and done, it was marred by the tragic incident. One dead, 22 total people shot during the end of the Chiefs Parade. And it just has us scratching our head and wondering why things like this occur we send our prayers and our thoughts to to the victims the innocent victims and we hope that those that are responsible get punished to to the the extreme
1: extent i agree i i mean justice always we want to be served and i feel badly especially like you said during such a joyous time yeah. i will say this i think there's a, a a kind of a lesson in it which is Imagine the poor you know, victim the, or the, the one that passed at this mm-hmm. point and think about how much I'm assuming this was a huge Chiefs fan and how much they were rooting for the Chiefs and then the Chiefs win and then it through no fault of hers leads to this. And it's like it goes to show you no matter what happens, no matter how bad it feels, it could be a better thing than you think as long as you're alive and i know a lot of people don't get into a certain college or they they get divorced from their wife or whatever it is and it's like their lives over but you never know if you would have stayed with that wife maybe you die in a car crash or maybe you're no, at think, some parade
0: i think it's a it's a, a long way of saying that we have to appreciate life and there and when you go to something that you're not expecting anything bad to happen you're going to a championship parade I've been to championship parades what and uh, what only yankees <laughs> I've been to championship <laughs> parades. Uh, certainly not for the Jets. <laughs> I mean, I was really having to like, think, what? Did you go to Pittsburgh one year? No. Or no. oh, Boston? Yeah. But what but, but, but you're saying is, like, I, I've been to champ. You're not expecting something like this to happen, and it just makes you, you know, maybe think, you know, re- self-reflect a little bit, and no matter how hard life might be and, and things yeah. might not be going your way, you but know, but I'm thankful saying, for what you have.
1: I'm saying one level beyond that, I think, which is, you know, did you ever watch... I don't think you did NYPD Blue. Not a, not religious. Great show, right? Yeah. So the um, lieutenant, um, Fancy was his name. He was a black lieutenant. And he, him and Sipowitz had a, a very complex relationship. But at one point, um, Fancy was like a foster parent to to a kid who mm-hmm. needed it. And he had his own kids, but he really... And then he was a couple years where that kid was gone and he came back and he was in trouble. He was like living on the you – know, he was like ganged up or whatever it was. And what, what the lieutenant said was he goes, you never know what the meaning of anything is until it's over. Mm. And like you could say this and this was so horrible and now I'm drinking or doing drugs because I can't deal with it. And there's a real chance that the alternative – Could have been worse. Yeah. Right? As long as you're alive. So to me, that there is a message in that because we all get caught up in ambitions and I want to get this gig, I want to get that. And you do, you're excited, you don't, you're not. Who's to say the ones you didn't get, that was the best thing for you?
0: Mm. Well, we, uh, again, send our thoughts and our prayers, which is all we can do right now. And, uh, you know, we we just pray that something like this doesn't happen again uh, anytime, anytime ever. Uh, there are football stories to talk about, RJ. That, I think
1: you're batting a big underdog there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you're right. Uh, the 49ers, after they <laughs> lose the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs, sit on it for a day or so, and then Kyle Shanahan calls an impromptu. Not an impromptu. I mean, 10 minutes before the press conference was about to happen, that's when the 49ers <laughs> announced it. It was a conference call. Kyle Shanahan announces that the team is parting ways with defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes after just one season Uh, he had dodged questions Kyle Shanahan did about this after the Super Bowl said that they have to evaluate what's best for the team moving forward it took them just one more day to evaluate it as they have decided to go in a different direction with their defensive coordinator
1: I think there's two ways to look at this one is it's reactionary is Kyle Shanahan is nervous and I'm telling you something as a Steelers fan Bill Cowher was a great regular season coach he was not a great postseason coach. The reason was he was so intense. He was so stressed out that it helped you in week seven when maybe it was a flat spot, but he wasn't going to let you be flat. Mm-hmm. But when, it, I mean, you think Belichick is known as a guy that is like intense, but think about that Seattle game. Everything's going crazy around him. He's just, he's calm. He's thinking. Andy Reid. He makes some calls that people don't like end game sometimes, but he's calm. It, you know, Kelsey pushes him or whatever. He doesn't make a big deal about it. Doesn't scream back. Mm-hmm. He, def- he he tamps it down after the game. I, I I look at Shanahan and I see someone who the pressure is getting to him. If is that driving this dismissal? I don't know, but do you see that? Do you see the pressure getting to him? For sure.
0: Especially with the conversation surrounding him that he has been the major play caller, the main play caller in three Super Bowls. All three Super Bowls had a double digit lead and all three Super Bowls, they lost those games. And so to maybe have him reevaluating his defense, which, by the way, was not a bad defense this year. They were third in the league in points allowed at 17.5. They trended down trended down from last year on the D'Amico Ryans. And yes. they
1: trended down throughout this year. Yes. The second half of the year, I yes. would say. Yeah.
0: Yes. That well that's and certainly they were they had a lot of problems stopping the run, especially in the playoffs. This was not a good playoffs for the 49ers defense. A better Super Bowl than it was the two playoff games prior.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean really if you think about Mahomes for the big chunk of the game to the last quarter of it or the last fifth of mm-hmm. it or whatever. I mean, I guess uh Overtime you know, there's a little bit more of it. But they were futile. I mean, Sam, meaning Kansas City's offense was stoned. It was stopped. Yeah. And I don't know. Listen, one thing I try not to do is act like I know enough X's and O's to say, oh, I don't like the way Wilkes is pressing at the corner there or the way that he's playing quarters after. Yeah, Nah, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is this. One of the worst teams in the last 10 years, was the Arizona team that Wilkes coached for one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, was it Rosen? Yeah, Josh yeah. Rosen. That was one of the worst teams in the last 10 years. So when you have that as the one time as a head coach, then you're in Carolina, mm-hmm. right? And again, why are you in Carolina? Probably because no one else wants you. If you're not the head coach yeah. who's getting paid you know, more money than they should maybe because they got to pay extra to get people now, and they did play well when he took over in the interim, and there was some belief that he was going to get that job, and they passed him over. Which brings up another point, right? The people that knew him. So I think there is such a romantic not romanticism, but there is such a cachet to being a former head coach. Mm-hmm. They like having someone that understands the whole. I just don't think he's necessarily a good one.
0: I would you agree know. with that. The problem now that the 49ers face, though, is that the hiring cycle is over. All these top-tier defensive coordinators have all gotten jobs, well, D- whether head coaching or or other
1: D.C. jobs. Yeah, but D.C.'s don't usually jump. I don't even think they're allowed to jump laterally, right? You can't – I mean, the, you can't go – Well, I mean, if there's somebody's
0: not on their contract, you know, or, or if somebody uh, – well,
1: Yeah, okay. But what I'm saying is, in general, it's going to be – you're going to have to get someone who's a position coach. Yeah, Or yes,
0: or somebody that has – Or a former head coach. Exactly, or somebody that's uh, stepped away for a little bit. Mike Zimmer gets hired by the Dallas Cowboys. Leslie Frazier gets hired by the Seattle Seahawks. So the guys that were out of coaching that are really good
1: DCs have already been scooped up. Hey, now, well, you- Fraser's not going back to Buffalo? No.
0: No. Oh, no. okay. I thought he took a leave match. Yeah. But, like, who, who else? Are you, you going to call
1: Bill Belichick? Mm-hmm. Is that what Kyle's going to do now? Call Belichick and see if he wants to be a DC? Well, remember, he traded him Jimmy G at a discount, so he <laughs> likes him. Now, listen, I-, I find it interesting. You're talking about who's the big names in the NFL that maybe aren't working yet, still don't have a job. Well, what about this new ph- phenomenon of – Plucking the very innovative, forward-thinking coordinators from college, so you got McDonald, who now is the head coach, was at Michigan. Well, right? he went from one hardball to the other hardball. Yeah, yeah, but but it doesn't change. He was like literally in, back in the old days, like seven years ago. It was if you if you you can't cut X's and O's in the NFL if you're mm-hmm. a college coach. I mean, even a guy like Spurrier that was considered to be yeah. a genius on the tele, or on the board. Couldn't do it in the NFL. Even Saban couldn't do it. Now, again, we can talk about quarterbacks and all that stuff. He was only there two years. But now you got in the Harballs or Harbaugh at Baltimore has started this, it seems, or has been one of the main guys because McDonald came from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And now um, Munkin came from Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. And now you've got Grubb. I like the name. Right, coming from now shortly, Alabama. He was he was at Washington as an OC.
0: Yeah, he he followed killing the board, uh, yeah. Alabama, but for a couple weeks then, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, th- to me, that I find that interesting because to me, that's the new, it used to be things trickled down NFL to college to high school. Now things trickle up, mm-hmm. and the in, it, the spread offense and all that started more in colleges, and and here we are. I would guess instead of a retread maybe they pluck someone from the colleges well
0: i mean look what's going on in college coaching is crazy right i mean chip kelly left being the head coach at ucla to be the offensive coordinator at ohio state it's like
1: it's- when did, i didn't even hear that high when did oh that- yeah i was like last week yeah all oh, right yes. okay so yeah. what ha- so what happened was <laughs> That's amazing. So what happened was the BC guy, uh, Bill O'Brien, you know. So BC got hired in the NFL, right? He was a coordinator,
0: right? Yeah. Well, he was. Remember, he was with the Patriots as the offensive coordinator. No, no, no. But
1: I'm talking about the head coach at BC. Oh yes,
0: yeah. He left to go to the NFL. Yeah. uh, Jeff Hafley to go to the uh, Packers.
1: But people never. I mean, let's be candid, and that's on the defensive side, right? Yep. So let's be candid. When's the last time a head coach at a Power 5 conference? I mean, BC's in the ACC, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a Power 5 conference head coach saying, I'm going to go be a coordinator. In the NFL, yeah. And now you've got a Pack. well, not even a Pack 12 but a Big Ten. Yeah, head coach. Head coach becoming a coordinator in the Big Ten. So, how does that even happen? Well,
0: this is what happened. Uh, <laughs> this is Jeff Halfley was the first one to explain this, or at least through his reps explain this. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what Chip, why Chip Kelly made this decision as well. And I think you're going to start to see more of these coaches like abandon ship. And I think it's a reason why Nick Saban called it quits as well. NIL has changed everything mm-hmm. in college sports. What Jeff Halfley said is that he wanted to get back to coaching football. And being a head coach at the Division One level now is not about coaching football. It's about fundraising. It's about getting as much money as you can from your boosters to plug into your NIL budget so that you can recruit players. It's not about coaching football anymore. Now, he technically,
1: to- it's not the school's budget, but they're orchestrating Of course, it. yeah.
0: yeah. And listen, you want it's like I forgot what coach said it, but they were like, uh, "You want a quarterback? It's going to cost you one to two million dollars." It's like, well, we got to go get that money, and it's just completely changed now. And I bet you Chip Kelly's thinking, "Oh, now, now I'm in the Big Ten. Now I got to compete with all these other programs, and now I'm just got to worry about how many millions of dollars I'm going to pay a recruit." just to keep him in state and keep him from not going to, to a different school. He'd rather just go coach football and be a coordinator.
1: I mean, I'm betting what he probably got paid $3 million, $4 bucks, million, right? I mean, a high state pays. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think it's more than what you're saying. I think what you're saying is absolutely true. But I think it's more than that. If you truly want to teach, you can't teach anyone without authority. Right? Think about it. Someone, you say, hey, this is the way to do it. Eh, I don't think so. I'm going to do it another way. See you later. Yeah. What do you do? How do you teach? How do you coach? You don't. But if you're constantly worried that a 19-year-old kid, an 18-year-old kid, a 20-year-old kid is going to say, hmm, I don't like the way he's riding me, I'm transferring, you're literally recruiting not only the incoming freshmen, you're recruiting to try to poach from other schools, and you're recruiting your own players to try to keep them in house. It's a it's a non stop. It's like never having any security. Yeah. How now? Listen, I think that this is a backlash against how bad it was before, meaning you could players could get on the wrong side of coaches and they get buried, and they it was hard to leave. So I think a middle ground was warranted. I don't think this is it. All right, as far as the
0: 49ers' job is concerned, I'll give you two names, not Bill Belichick. All right. Two names. Let me know if you think these are viable options. Name number one, Mike Vrabel.
1: I think I think that typically let's look at Fangio and what he did with Philadelphia, not this year, but last year. I think When he was a consultant? Yeah, I think yeah. they get paid a lot of money, and they're behind the scenes. They're not having to do press conferences. To me – I think that's the kind of job a Belichick might even take mm. or or Vrabel because it allows them to stay involved. And Coughlin has done that for Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. You know, but if you're the D.C., now you're doing press conferences, mm. and all of a sudden it diminishes you. Like, Vrabel isn't the head coach anymore. And in our minds, we're thinking, oh, he's a D.C. now. So I actually I think a guy like Zimmer is never getting another head coaching job. Never. I agree. He's almost 70, yeah. right? So I think they can do it. I don't think if you want a head coaching – I mean, that's an interesting question. How often has that happened where someone was an elite coach, not just a coach? Because obviously, like, Kansas um, – the OC now with Kansas City. Uh, Matt Now, yeah. Went to Chicago. He got mm. the job yep. young. Yep. I think he sat out a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of makes sense you come back as coordinator. You're still Same young. Same with Josh McDaniels. Belichick did it too when he lo- after Cleveland he went mm-hmm. back to Parcells. But once you're a famous coach, it's kind of hard to become a coordinator. I think. Okay, that's a fair point. What about an infamous coach? All right, Brandon Staley. Oh, I, I mean, I think I mean listen. There's people I really respect in film that say to this day he's one of the best schemers, one of the best defensive. Engineers out there, I don't know enough that I know Chargers never had a good defense, Mm -hmm. but so I think to be candid, it's surprising he doesn't have something yet. Well, I I think that would be a phone call I think Kyle Shanahan would make. That's interesting because I mean he was with the Rams in that battle, yeah, yeah. Well, apparently he did. Staley did interview for the Rams DC job and didn't get it. Isn't that interesting? Though he was the DC, becomes a head coach, and then they interview him. That kind of tells me McVay's not too happy with him.
0: <laughs> Maybe not, right? Maybe not.
1: And last thing, I hate, hate, hate this Zimmer hire. But I hate, hate, hate the Cowboys. So I think it's a good. <laughs> I think it's a good hire. I was really hoping they wouldn't. You know what's funny? Zimmer has one of the best records ever against the spread as a head coach. He has a shot. Now, the last year or two wasn't as good. He was like 64% at one point. Mm-hmm. So this guy was a good head coach. He was in Dallas before, you know, for years uh before years ago and for years. One thing that someone said recently that really is sharp. Zimmer's defense is hyper complex. So I got a feeling like I'll give you an early best bet. Over team total Dallas's opponent in week one. Okay. I think, I mean, seriously, I think yeah. the first three to six weeks, it's going to be a lot of headlines about what the hell is going on with the Dallas D. Mm-hmm. And I think by the end of the year, it will be better than this most recent year. But I think it's going to start slow because it's a new system and a complex defense and a coach that's a hard ass. Maybe Dallas isn't ready for that. Maybe there might be a little bit of conflict. Okay. I can see that happening. Uh, One other defensive coordinator note, the
0: Chiefs gave Steve Spagnuolo a contract extension, so he's not going anywhere.
1: Overrated.
0: Overrated. (laughs) He's a four-time Super Bowl champion.
1: I'm joking. No, I mean, amazing. (laughs) I mean, you really think about it. Think about the plays. I I was listening to a show talking about the game, and they were talking about how 49ers had one play, like at the two-minute warning, I Mm -hmm. think it was, where if they, what, third and four, if they get to first – the game's over.
0: Yeah, where they can milk it and not let... Uh, yeah, and he sends... Uh, he does this blitz, and McDuffie gets through mm. and deflects the pass from Brock Purdy. That's
1: yeah. one play. And and it's like... It the play seems, the game. It seems like the Spags does not make many mistakes in those spots. No.
0: I mean, listen, he beat the perfect Patriots.
1: <sighs> that was... I, I still remember. One of my favorite games is that Week 17 game when they played each other. I remember other. where I was watching that game. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. It was such a big deal that... That they, w- played. They, they, they played. They played. Yeah. yeah, they played. But also, I mean, obviously, the Patriots were going to play. They were going on. Yeah, but the Giants
0: had nothing to exactly, play for. They, they were locked in. They were locked into the wild cards the card but they had nothing to play for. You could have rested all your starters. They
1: don't win the Super Bowl if they don't play hundred percent. But but to me, it was such a big game. You might not remember this. Originally, it was supposed to be on. I think the NFL Network, and then it was like, okay, we got to broadcast this nationally. You know, on over the air. But they gave it to two networks at the same time. So I think it was CBS and Fox both ran Mm -hmm. a version of the game. And it was like a meaningless game, but it was for the – only 16-0 season. I was at a
0: bar in North Jersey watching that game.
1: Which, Fox or CBS?
0: I don't know what they had on the TV, but <laughs> we were watching that game. We were like, are the Giants going to win? <laughs> and yeah, and that, that's the reason why they won the Super Bowl. But yeah, Spaggs was the uh, engineer. I saw, I heard a lot of people on Super Bowl week, like giving Spaggs credit for both Giants Super Bowl wins. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there the second Super Bowl. Perry Fuel was the defensive coordinator of the second Super Bowl. He was oh. he, he was the head coach of the Rams. Okay, so and then so he has three with Kansas City. Yes, three with Kansas City and one with the Giants. Okay. Now, he did go back to the Giants. That's the thing. But uh. he, he left the Giants to become the head coach of the Rams, failed as the head coach of the Rams, went back to the Giants to be the defensive coordinator. But the Giants won a second Super Bowl without him.
1: I remember they throw on the left sideline. Manningham, what a play. It's one of the greatest Super Bowl throws ever. I agree. Uh, but Big Ben's throw to... Holmes to win it. That's,
0: that was one of the greatest
1: catches. No, so it, was, no, <laughs> no it was an amazing throw. Uh, you know, ESPN had something really <laughs> wild. They had one, they had um, the big plays from every Super Bowl, then they had the ring. They had a story about every ring, right? Okay. And it was cool because, like, people lose them, people fight, you know. Mm-hmm. And they, I still remember when when Big Ben made that throw, there was like three hands that went through that could intercept. I mean, remember, they needed a field goal to tie. It was really just like the Kansas City yeah. situation. But instead of Mahomes being all dumped down, dumped down, Big Ben said, "I'm just going to win it now."
0: I mean, the <laughs> fact that San Antonio Holmes got both feet in balance oh, on what that a play. play, what a play! Got him a contract with the Jets.
1: <laughs> now, I will say one last thing about Spags. It's a huge advantage for Kansas City that he's not going to be a head coach anywhere, because think we just talked about San Francisco, right? This is going to be what the third straight year that they have yeah. to. Well, the first time it's okay, Sala gets the job, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second time, it's what? Um Tomico Houston. Ryan, yeah, okay. And now it's you're firing someone. So now it's another person that has to come in. Well, why did those people leave? Because they were young enough that there, even though they were on defense, there was a sense that they could be head coaches. We'll see with, with Spags, especially, or I'm sorry, we'll see with Sala especially, because yeah. I don't think so, at least so far. But to me, to have a guy that's been a washout as a head coach, probably not going to get another job no matter how well he does as a D.C., that's beautiful. You have continuity there.
0: I uh, yeah, hundred percent. We saw the Eagles struggle this past year. I mean, they got they started out great, but they had to replace both coordinators, and it you know, it was a little bit of a different team this year than it was the year before.
1: And all that talk about the Philly DC being two years ago being a problem, he wasn't really that good. Well, he's doing a pretty good job at Arizona, so that, I actually question that. And obviously, the Colts Steichen yeah doing excellent. I, I would say this as a Steelers fan. Arthur Smith, who is a really good OC, mm-hmm. he's not getting another head job for a long no, time. I agree so with that. that's the kind of hires I like. A pedigreed guy that's good as a technician, but he's probably where he's going to be.
0: Yes. And that's where Steve Spagnola is with the Kansas City Chiefs. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support. Vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore.
2: Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so
0: much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Before we get into some results from the NBA last night, RJ, wanted to run a topic by you. Uh, Adam Silver, commissioner of the league was a guest on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and the topic of the NBA in Vegas was brought up. Here's what Adam Silver had to say.
3: Yeah, so a few things. One, we have a WNBA team. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Aces uh-huh. back in back, back champs. champs. Yep. champs. Oh, we yeah. shouldn't forget about Kelsey Plumman team. Hey, shout mm-hmm. out. And, a- and also a point that I've made to uh, the mayor. Both, you know, there was Oscar Goodman was the mayor now. His wife, Carolyn Goodman, is the mayor. So there's been a long stretch of Goodman's as mayor's. And from the days when sports leagues weren't playing in Vegas and some leagues weren't even taking advertising from Vegas, we brought our summer league there and then an all-star, all-star game there. So we've never been anti-Vegas as a league. And furthermore, our summer league now, it, by virtue of taking up the first two weeks of July, has become almost like a franchise in Vegas. And, and I'm not saying it's quite the equivalent. It's not our 31st team. But it's two weeks of basketball at a time of year in Vegas when there's not a lot else going on. And I don't know if you guys have ever been to our summer league. It's, sometimes people compare it to sort of baseball winter meetings in that not only do you have actual games, though, of the guys who are just drafted and some of the young players, but the whole community comes together there. So you have most of the vets come to meet their new teammates. There, there's, there's team activities, all the general managers there, etc. So... I feel like we already have a big presence in Vegas. I think in terms of expansion to Vegas, what, what we've said for a while now is we have one more year left on our television deals in the U.S. after this year. And so we want to figure out what our media relationships are going to look like. But then we will turn to expansion. And Vegas is definitely on our list. What's, what's remarkable about Las Vegas, it's not that large a market That's I mean, small. as the U.S. goes. I mean, I forget. I, it's like last I looked, I think it was the 44th largest market or something like that. Wow. But man, do they punch above their weight? Okay, so radio-wise, it's like the 32nd mark. Yeah. So, um,
1: <laughs> a couple of things. One, not only did he, like you said, summer league, the national team, uh, the Olympic team has practiced here. Yes. For for mm-hmm. a long, long. It's time. like this has been like their headquarters. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I would agree with him, and it was a veiled shot, or maybe not so veiled, at the NFL, because remember the NFL didn't even allow advertising. Yeah. And yeah. he made that comment. Mm-hmm. I think it's a done deal. Um, I hear through the grapevine LeBron's going to be part of the ownership group. Well, they've already had,
0: like, the arena deal is pretty much done. Like, they're building something, what, Blue Diamond and, and the 15. They're built. That 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 lot of land is supposed to be for, like, an arena and an entertainment center.
1: Oh, I believe it. Um, I, but obviously he's not committing. But I think the way he sold Vegas there mm-hmm. kind of tells you something. And obviously the logic is it's not just who's here Every day of the year, it's who's comes in each weekend. Yeah. And what I think, what is it? 300,000 a weekend is what they say come in. So
0: he made some really good points in that, yes, we can't, don't disrespect the WNBA. We have the back to back WNBA I champs. Well, I disagree with we that. We have the back to back WNBA champs.
1: They, I think we give them any WNBA team the respect they deserve. And we can all decide what that is.
0: Yeah. So that we have the back to back champs here in Vegas. But the NBA has, like you said, whether it's Team USA, or as Adam Silver said with the summer league the NBA has always had at Vegas as a part of the league and he's right like the NBA summer league has become an NBA convention for over 2 weeks the entire basketball uh, you know the entire NBA landscape is here in town it's not just about rookies playing games it's meetings. It's 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 mm-hmm. people it's
1: LeBron coming to hang out
0: and just it's watch like, a Laker
1: game. It's like Lollapalooza. It's like Everyone's it, a festival. It, Everyone's here. It, it's it's sorta of like the um the NFL has with their combine. Yeah. Everyone goes and hangs out at the combine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's 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 become a huge event. So the NBA has always had a presence here in Vegas. And and you're right. I think it's a foregone conclusion that the NBA will be here in Vegas. I, and
1: I will say this. One, I think almost for sure, yeah. That's sorry. I just looked it up. The Utah Jazz used to play home games here, so the Jazz played a number of home games, eleven in total, at the new Thomas and Mack in in Vegas. Mm. So uh, I, let me see what year that was. But uh, oh, during '83 and '84. Yeah. So yeah. So even then, you know, um, and there's been preseason games here all the time. There was preseason games in Vegas. Yeah. And Lakers, Lakers and Mac, always Lakers, play one. Yep. I am more excited about an NBA team than i was the raiders what about for the knights oh i could i i don't like hockey but i i think but that i mean the way that this
0: city embraces like that agree like, that's vegas's team more so than the raiders like that like
1: yeah Ve- I, vegas I
0: is a night city
1: i agree 100 percent. and you know something uh, this is something you know, we were talking about unfortunately the shooting right well there was a shooting here
0: that's but, that was probably one of the biggest reasons how how quickly the city identified with the team because the team really
1: Wow, it, it, i think they, it's even more than that but right but, after
0: that shooting i agree the team they agree. became part of the community they were out and doing all these events and they were helping out it was they really like ingrained
1: themselves no in i the agree but but that. speaking for someone that's been here almost 25 years before that shooting there was no sense there was little sense of community in vegas mm-hmm. maybe amongst like if you were a better and you know all the betters or you're a poker player and you're on the scene, you're going to have this this micro community. But saying I'm a Vegas guy, like the idea of Vegas strong yeah. was absurd. I mean, it wasn't even a thought, right? Mm. So that shooting was the turning point at the Manly Bay where literally you can say there's a before and there's an after. And I think the hockey team, and not only were they participating well, but just them being here and having something that we could rally around really became Mm -hmm. a huge deal. I do not want to diminish that at all. Well, of course, it helped the community heal, like, tremendously. Yeah, and and, and it's it's stayed that way ever since, meaning there's more vague. And remember, when I came here in the late, I mean, like, 98, um, it was almost impossible to find someone that grew up here. Like it was like literally one out of 10 people, hey, where are you from? You know, never said it grew up in Vegas. They might have moved to Vegas when they were 10, yeah, yeah. but never. Now, almost everyone you meet that's like 18, 19, 20, 25, they grew up here. Yeah. Because the big influx happened between 93 and 2000. There were, and now the people had kids right after that. They're now 24, mm-hmm. 25. And to me, it is such a change. It's not just the city's gotten bigger. It became a town of transient people. It was a town of transient people come and they go. And now it's a community.
0: Yeah. And this community will get an NBA franchise in the next what do you say? You want to give it five years?
1: I think less than that.
0: Less than that. Well, he said they have one more year left on the TV deal mm-hmm. and then they'll figure it out. So Which
1: means they want to make sure they get the cut the checks cut or cut to everyone. Exactly. So they don't have to put these people in the mix. I will get uh, I'll get season tickets. You will. Because I. Courtside? No, I don't think so. <laughs> now, I will say this, though. I'll probably only go see like eight or 10 games a year. Uh-huh. But with the way things are with StubHub or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the yeah. ticketing, you can like almost pay for your ticket. Absolutely. And then you get to see. See, yawn, because remember the beautiful thing about the NBA is everyone. Now, again, we'll see if they play, but every team plays every team once yep. at their home, even out of conference. So you can see everyone that you want to see once.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a great deal, and whether they have to play at T Mobile to start out with or build the new arena. Uh, we will get an NBA franchise within five years. Last night in the association, the Celtics uh, joining history, becoming the third team in league history to post multiple 50-point wins in a season. They blew out the Nets on the second of a back-to-back 136-86. You know, part of me was saying, maybe the Nets might be a play last night because these two teams played on Tuesday night. And usually when they two teams play each other, Back-to-back days, I kind of like to take the team that lost the first game and just back them in the second game. Well, the Celtics won by eight on Tuesday night. And last night, (laughs) they won by a lot more than that, RJ. Now,
1: do you have any difference in your handicap if it's home and home or if it's at the same venue?
0: No, but I think there is a difference. And I believe it's when it's in the same location, you want to back the other team. And when they flip-flop, it's not a
1: show. I agree. I agree. Uh, And then I think with the flip-flop, I'm guessing I haven't done the study, but if a team loses on their home, they, they're they going to get a lot more serious the next game, and the other team tends to take it lightly because if you just beat them on their floor, now you're going home, maybe you're not taking it as seriously.
0: Well, so. it looked like the Nets didn't take anything seriously last night because the Celtics absolutely blew them out. I wanted to ask you about MVP odds here for a second. The Celtics are the favorites to win the NBA title. They're plus 260 to win the NBA title. Right now they have the best record at 43-12, and 26-3 at home. <laughs> Okay. Jason Tatum is the sixth favorite to be the MVP at 60 to 1.
1: Don't you think that's good odds
0: for the best player on the best team?
1: It's an interesting question because my first instinct is to say no, but it's 60 to 1. So is it, would I play it at 60 to 1? Probably not, but I'm close. I'm close. But. If it's twenty to one, I don't even think about it. So I do think it's one. But the reason I think he shouldn't be close to a favor is because I think there's still a stink on him from the Golden State series. Not saying he played horribly, mm-hmm. but he was supposed to be the man. He Curry was still the man, and last year they get beat again. You know, I you know almost get swept. So it's a situation where I think there's a lot of skepticism about him. I do think, though, there's opportunity with MVP because now that Embiid is going to be disqualified, Mm -hmm. even if he comes back this year, I think there's Jokic fatigue. So I think someone else might be interesting. In fact, we were talking about this with Fez. You had an idea. He's kind of faded.
0: Yeah, I thought Jalen Brunson and the Knicks, uh, because he was playing like an MVP, but the Knicks are so banged up right now with all their injuries. They've lost four straight games, and he has dropped down to 70-1. to So, and he's actually right behind Tatum. Okay. So, he's the seventh favorite behind Jason
1: So, read the favorites after uh, all the favorites.
0: Jokic is minus 150. I want no part of Jokic. Mm. I actually think there's voter fatigue when it comes Mm -hmm. to Jokic. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is your second favorite at plus 260. And right now, he's third in the league in scoring. He's uh, third in the league in player efficiency rating. And the Oklahoma City Thunder are having a dream season. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you look at them right now as the second seed in the Western
1: Conference. So remember, he was part of the trade from the Clippers Mm -hmm. when when Kyrie came. Or I'm sorry, not Kyrie, but when um, Leonard came. And uh, George right? Paul George yeah yeah so this was a guy that was a throw in in a way because there was all the draft choices who's now one of the top five players in the league. I don't like how he's such a short dog. Meaning, yeah. I'd, I'd like him a seven to one, but again, he's playing well enough to be a favorite. But keep going because I like someone else.
0: Okay, Giannis seven to one as the third favorite.
1: Mm. I, I think the the lack of defense in general. I I'm I'm not high on Milwaukee with Dame. So, I'm not going to be high on that, especially, again, not a big long shot.
0: Giannis, fourth in the league in scoring, fourth in the league in player efficiency rate. Very
1: tenacious, too. He plays hard almost every night. That matters.
0: Then you have Luca, 11 to 1. No, 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 no. Luca, second in the league in scoring and fifth in the league in PER.
1: And number one in beer bellies. <laughs> yeah. Kawhi Leonard, 50 to 1. There you go. There you go. That's my pick. Kawhi is, he's a made man. But he's been, it's been, where's Kawhi? What's 20th, wrong? 20th in scoring. Where Where's Kawhi? What's wrong with him? Ninth in PER. I, I, again, obviously not a favorite at 50-1. to one, mm-hmm. But let's think about this now. There's not many, I mean, he's 50-1, to one, but he's the fourth favorite? He's the fourth favorite, yep. That means, remember. Uh, fifth favorite. Oh, okay. Remember, if you're picking a team in baseball who's six games behind, mm-hmm. it's with uh, 20 to play, a big long shot. It's so much easier if it's your second and that team's first, than if you're fourth. Even mm-hmm. though you're, because you have got to do better than three other yep. teams. Kawhi has to do better than a hand, relatively than a handful of people. Mm-hmm. So, and don't forget with this fifty or he's got to play sixty five games. Yeah. Well, how what's he on the pace for?
0: He has played forty eight games, which is actually a yeah. good. He, he should be good. Should I'm, be all right.
1: But I'm making the case that anyone, even if they haven't missed a game yet, you get hurt. You you still got a lot of time to get hurt, and now there's only a couple people ahead of them. I think that the voters would love the redemption story of Kawhi coming back because the Clippers are going to be what? Maybe top seed? Maybe – I mean, what would you guess? They're one and a half games back of the top seed right now. They're the three seed. So so MVP history in the NBA tells us you've got to be really good with PER, and you've got to be on a really good team, a top two team Mm -hmm. in either the East or the West – seems like the Clippers are going to meet that criteria.
0: Yep, he's ninth right now in PER. Speaking of the Clippers, last night they beat the Warriors 130-125. Lakers last night a 138-122 win over the Jazz. Anthony Davis, 37 points and 15 boards. The Suns beat the Pistons 116-100. Did you hear about the pregame incident involving these two teams? No, no. (laughs) So get this. Before the game, the Pistons' Isaiah Stewart was arrested – after punching Suns center Drew Eubanks in inside the arena, they got into an altercation, leaving the arena, and it got physical, and he was arrested for assault. Wow
1: that that is I've often wondered some some of the things like that. Remember the Bengals had a linebacker Burfat. Burf- Vaughn perfect I think he should have been arrested a few <laughs> times. So but you, you do have to wonder. Did you ever watch the show Blood or the um, movie Youngbloods? It was Rob Lowe was a hockey player.
0: No, it's not Youngbloods. Youngblood. Okay. Dean Youngblood.
1: Okay, yeah, Dean yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, like that's some kind of – like a movie from 35 years ago no one's seen, and I put a, an S on the end, and you're acting like – it's like, an incredible movie. Uh, okay. Well remember they were Patrick talk- Swayze was the captain. Remember they were talking about the one guy that could take your eye out with the I still remember that. Like <laughs> he would get in a fights yeah. and he'd take his uh stick and like gouge people's mm-hmm. eyes out. Yeah. I think they should more rest. More rest. Uh,
0: elsewhere, the Hornets 122-99 winners over the Hawks. The Magic beat the shorthanded Knicks, 118 100 Jalen Brunson, 33 points in that loss. Paulo B Be- 36 points. In the win, Heat topped the Sixers 109-104, was the Cavs over the Bulls 108-105, and the Pacers topped the Raptors 127-125. Elsewhere, Kyrie Irving 34 points as the Mavericks beat the Spurs 116-93. Wemby 26 points, nine boards, three blocks in the loss. RJ, this guy's up to minus 500 to be the rookie of the year.
1: And if I recall, about a month in the season, he wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he's surging. You've got to wonder now. So let's think about this. Five years ago, who was the best NBA coach? Popovich was considered, or maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Spolstra. He, I mean, he, once Pop receded, I think he's taken the place. Mm-hmm. But it, maybe it's six years ago, but not that long ago, yeah. Pop was the unquestioned best coach. How's he doing right now? Meaning he hasn't done well. 11 and 44. There's years and years in between now. It's not like this is the first rebuilding year. And now Belichick doesn't have a job. Mm -hmm. How how much of this is our society is too quick to say, oh, what have you done for me lately? And how much of it is maybe these guys weren't as good. I don't believe this, but especially with Belichick, they weren't as good, but they had the players and now they don't. I don't know. You need the players. You do, but but yeah. that's the question: Is do, do the like is, how good was Phil could Phil, how good was Phil Sims if he was on the Browns?
0: I mean, the Giants won a Super Bowl when he got hurt. So,
1: <laughs> but he they won one with him too. <laughs> they right? Did win one with him? Yes, and, and he he played most of the year. Yes, yeah. he
0: did play most of the year. Yes,
1: uh, Hostetler Jeff was Hostetler. yeah. So I, I guess to me, I think we say like, look, so and so doesn't have any receivers. Well, you ever see a situation where, like, you have a great quarterback and, like, that third receiver, he goes somewhere else. He never does anything, mm-hmm. right? Because the thir- those – I mean, uh, who was that guy for the 49ers back in Montana and young um, – oh, I still, he was always in Tecmo. I played him. But he was, like, the third guy and almost like in the NBA, you got Armstrong from the Bulls, remember? And then he was Michael's guy and, and, and then all of a sudden he went somewhere else, couldn't do anything – I think sometimes we, we, after the fact, we say, well, so-and-so's good. This receiver's good. This person's good. But in truth, it's they're good because they won. It's not so much that they're good. And we say, well, you can't win without receivers. Well, listen, what have we seen? Now, I'm not saying since he doesn't have receivers, but Burrow came into a, a, an organization that made ex- had no winners for a long time. Yeah, I guess Marvin Lewis, they had some winners, but, you know. And then he took him to a Super Bowl. And then you look in Houston, what's happening. It seems like the greats can 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 take a circumstance that everyone else makes a, as an excuse and rise above it. And uh, I find that fascinating because everyone wants to say, oh, 49ers aren't so bad because, it, you know, they they played well and you can't beat Mahomes. It's like, yeah, that's the people that go down in history, the yeah. people that you can't beat. And I I—, I, I it's funny. I, I, I'm gonna take a ask you a question. I don't like when people are as good as the old timers for some reason, but I, I think that's stupid. Like, wouldn't you like people love Mickey Mantle? Like, people didn't say like he's not as good as Babe Ruth. This is. I'm glad you brought this up because I don't. I don't get this also.
0: Because to me, the fact that you're witnessing it. Mm-hmm is just as special as the fact that you witnessed it in the past.
1: Or it's a mythology.
0: Yeah, but but see, that's the thing. It's like you can say, well, I never saw Mickey Mantle play, so I got to hold on to the legacy of the stories that maybe my father mm. or somebody else passed on to me and so to think that somebody could be better than him, oh, whatever. But, like, for, for me, now I'm going to be 40. I watched Michael Jordan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've watched LeBron James.
1: Oh, God, don't say the wrong thing here. No, no,
0: no, no. But, but like, I I have my opinions. Everyone's got their opinions. What's your opinion? Well, it's short. But, Thank God. But, but but, here's the thing. I don't get mad at the conversation because I've witnessed the entire LeBron James career. So, and you, so you know the answer. That's <laughs> the, but the, to me, the answer's not the point. Okay. The point is I can respect the conversation. Oh, yeah. And... I don't get people that don't respect the conversation of something that's happening now versus something that happened in the past.
1: Okay, so I'll tell you the LeBron thing for me. I think LeBron's had maybe the best career of any NBA player. If you look at the longevity, you look at Mm -hmm. the consistency, but when you talk about a decade height or more, but it's not a comparison. I was there, and what I'm telling you is I hated the Bulls. I don't know why, I just did. And because there was a couple of kids I hung out with that were after college, especially when I was a little yo- or they were a little younger, and they loved the Bulls. And I was like, you know, they didn't know who Larry Bird was. <laughs> so to me, what I can promise you is you hated life because you were going against Michael if you cared because you knew you weren't going to beat him. There was never that sense with LeBron. There was never that sense. Now, Mahomes is starting to be that. And, you know, Brady didn't have that. Brady just did it for 25 years and stayed consistent, right? There was never a sense you can't beat Brady because, I mean, th- th- there was nine years they didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? So if Mahomes wins one Super Bowl in the next nine years, he'll be ahead of Brady's pace. That's wild. I mean, wild. Yeah. so, <laughs> I mean, but I think the thing with the players today, we know them too well. mm like, remember Mickey—I am mean again, I only know Bob Costas—Mickey Mantle through Bob Costas, yeah. right? He was such a big fan, right? But it was like, you didn't know he was out drinking every night. No. You didn't know he was out womanizing. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear him on talk shows. They wouldn't go on talk—in general, they'd be like a very uh, tight interview for 30 seconds in between innings or whatever they were doing. Now we know them too well, and, and they're all human. We're all human, and they don't seem as—you know, like actors— when I grew up, Al Pacino and De Niro, they never did, never did the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. They, so you didn't know them. Well, even were, De Niro now
0: is so short when he does interviews. He's a terrible interview.
1: It, yeah. But it, but there's a mystique. Yeah. Right. Brando. There was a mystique. W- there's no mystique now. Right. Reality show. So I I do think to some degree we just don't think someone that has like Mahomes's voice could be as good mm-hmm. <laughs> as Johnny Unitas or whatever. But you know what? He is. I mean, he is.
0: Certainly. All right, well, just three games to, on the NBA schedule tonight because the NBA heads to its all-star break. So you got a uh, TNT game tonight. The Bucks at the Grizzlies, Milwaukee, a 10-and-a-half-point road favorites. That's the second of a back-to-back for Milwaukee. Mm. Second of a back-to-back for the Warriors as well as they will take on the Jazz in Utah. Golden State, one-and-a-half-point favorites. The Timberwolves are at the Blazers, Minnesota. Eight and a half point favorites. Final three games before the All Star break.
1: Boy, I don't know about the timing on this. So you have your trade deadline the week of the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then the week in which people are saying, you know, I'm going to shift gears. Right, it's time to shift to the NBA. They're going to take off. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Why not <laughs> put like why not push everything a week? This could be the trade deadline week, and then next weekend have it. I mean, wouldn't that be so much better?
0: Yeah, but I think the All-Star Weekend is such an event, and this is the first weekend without football, this is probably their best chance to get some ratings.
1: Mm, but they never get—I th- I agree with you it's an event, mm-hmm. but it feels like you got to get people interested in the games, and then they want to see the other stuff. But again, listen, NBA is not as smart as the NFL, but they are pretty smart. So. Yeah.
0: And look, there, I mean, there's this 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 is a weekend of uh, events also because the NHL is taking advantage of it. They got the Stadium Series going on this weekend, which uh, it's a series of outdoor games that will take so place. So there
1: used to be one of those, right?
0: The Winter Classic yeah. was the standalone. There's multiple outdoor games now a year. Uh, you have the Heritage Classic takes place in Canada, uh, the Winter Classic, which is on New Year's Day, and the Stadium Series is separate. That's a, a you know different venue this year. It's multiple games taking place at MetLife Stadium, where the Jets and Giants play. So it's going to be uh, the Flyers take on the Devils, and then the Rangers will take on the Islanders on Saturday and Sunday. So it's kind of uh, taking advantage of the... Um, Building a rink, if you build it, they will come, right?
1: So you're saying backing up a second, you're saying the Bucs are uh with back to back. No, the Warriors are back to oh, back. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I was just checking on the Bucks record in that situation. Warriors are an old team. I'm checking that right now. i And it's
0: not just and you know what? There's an interesting report that I saw here um in the NBA that a lot of star players, the two cities,
1: when they have a back to back, that the players rest the most. Can you guess? Now, this is interesting. I'm guessing it's Denver and mm-hmm. Utah. Denver
0: and Utah. And the, the reason why it was because um, the Lakers... altitude, yeah. Well, well, the reason why this report came out is because the Lakers were playing last night in uh, Utah, and LeBron James didn't play. Hmm. And so somebody came out with a report and it made, its, made the rounds on Twitter saying, hmm, it's interesting. When you look at all the cities in the NBA on the second night of a back-to-back when teams play in Utah and in Denver, the star players take off. They want to avoid the elevation.
1: So what's interesting is If that's not announced till later, and you speculate, you can play against that team that's visiting, and then when the if the news comes out, you get the big line value.
0: I mean, I don't know if Steph Curry's a guy that sits out games, uh, you know, but Steph Curry's going to have to participate in All Star festivities this weekend. They played last night. Does Steph play tonight?
1: (sighs) I think because it's the All Star break. Coming play. up, yeah. I think. Yeah, you play. But, but let me tell you something. This is interesting with the Golden State back-to-back this year and last year. So last year they were over the total because, listen, usually defense is what suffers mm-hmm. when teams are tired. It's not that they don't – people can shoot. They always have the energy to shoot, it seems like. So they were over by two-and-a-half points per game last year. I wouldn't think much of that, okay, in in these back-to-backs. But this year they're over by over five points a game. So now we got two years that they go over the total. I would look. I would look. And, and with there not being a game coming up, mm-hmm. I would look to the over totals. Two thirty-seven and a half. Those those always seem high to me these yeah. days. Yep. But again, two thirty-seven and a half. Yeah. The average total. So this year back to back, they were seven and three to the over and five over five points per game. All right, over 237 and a half. You heard it from R.J. Bell. Opinion, opinion, opinion.
0: There's three games on the ice last night. The Panthers, a 5-2 win over the Penguins. The Jets blanked. The Sharks one nothing. And the Wild, a 3-1 win over the Coyotes. A much larger schedule tonight. Uh, the Kraken are at the Bruins. Boston minus 195. Boston 17-6-4 at home this year. It's uh, They're a team that I want to back at home. However, they've lost two straight now on home ice
1: are you speaking canadian right now
0: eh <laughs> so i got a team that was is one of the best home teams in hockey that has lost two straight on home ice their home favorites here again at home looking to snap that home losing streak boston minus 195
1: hmm well i think it, i'm not a hockey guy but in general when you have folk, when you have a favor, and you have focus, mm-hmm. you got something. And it seems like they don't want to lose three in a row. Yeah, obviously,
0: three in a row on home ice—that certainly is not something that they want to—they uh, want to have happen. Uh, elsewhere tonight, we have the New York Rangers hosting the Montreal Canadiens. New York minus two sixty-five. New York looking forward to that stadium series coming up this weekend, where they'll take on. Uh, The Islanders at MetLife Stadium. It's an outdoor game in a football stadium. So this uh, nice indoor game at Madison Square Garden. The Kings are at the Devils, New Jersey, minus 125. You have the Flyers at the Maple Leafs, and Toronto's a minus 166 favorite. The Ducks are at the Senators, Ottawa, minus 192. Panthers, on the second out of a back-to-back, they are favorites at Buffalo, minus 155. Colorado is at Tampa. This one kind of split, minus 115, minus 110 both ways, depending on the book that you're looking at. The Oilers are at the Blues. Edmonton's minus 192. Now, it's a big price to lay on the road, but I got to be honest. I actually bet the Blues the other night. This might be the most pathetic hockey team I've ever watched. <laughs> like it, they got outskated to every loose puck. The effort just didn't seem like it was there. Now, I'm not accusing guys of just like taking nights off or whatever, but we know the season's a grind and and maybe they get up for playing a team like the Oilers. You, you know, you you have a, you're playing good competition, but I felt that they would get up for playing against Toronto and Toronto playing without Three top players, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley, and John Tavares, still beat them 4-1. to one. So now we got the Oilers, a full-strength team. Uh, it's, a, it's a heavy price to lay on the road here, but Oilers minus 192 is the way to go. Dallas is at Nashville and Stars minus 130. Penguins at the Blackhawks. Pittsburgh minus 218. chicago anxiously awaiting the return of Connor Bedard. The Sharks, who just lost one nothing last night, they are back at it in Calgary tonight. Calgary, the heaviest favorite on the board, minus 375. And the Red Wings are at the Canucks, Vancouver, minus 185 favorites.
1: What does AJ do when you're doing hockey? Usually goes to sleep. Does he? Yeah. Because I almost dozed off. Yeah, a little bit. I actually discovered something about the NBA. Okay. You want a little, I, yeah, I, like, please. I like this, actually. Look, Find me the second half total in the Utah-Golden State. So I'm thinking, okay, we got Golden State, no rest. Mm -hmm. But we have Utah, no rest. Okay, so we want the second half total here. I'm interested because here's the – in Utah, when both teams are on zero rest, this goes back to 95, and we've got uh, 80-some games in the sample, right? Is in the first quarter, they score – over uh, 50 points combined, they score over 50 points or almost 50 in the second quarter. In the third quarter, they score about 48-and-a-half. In the fourth quarter, about 47-and-a-half. So it is like five points to less scoring in the second half, which makes sense. You get tired of it and and so— I'm interested. Is the market accounting for that? Mm, I got. There's nothing. Nothing
0: up on the halves yet. It'll probably okay. be up later on. Take today. a look.
1: If if the first half and second half are equal, I think you go the under.
0: Re- the under in the second half. Second
1: half. Okay. Because again, if you got 90 games and it's five points to the under more in the second half, and it's logical. What about going over first half, under second half? Now that's an interesting hedge, and 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 because in theory, if you're just playing wrong about the game, you 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 have a bet. In theory, you have a better chance of scooping than getting scooped. So mm-hmm. I don't mind that either. Just make sure bankroll wise, you know you know don't bet too much because you can get scooped.
0: There you have it from R.J.
1: Bell. Don't forget, still plenty of time to save money
0: at Pregame.com. You can take 20% off your purchase by using our promo code CHECK20. So head on over to Pregame.com, whether it's a daily best bet package. Who's maybe, hot uh, right now? Who's hot right yeah. now? Yeah. Well, we have Griffin Warner is up 33 units in college hoops.
1: He's strong. I mean, that's, that's hot. That's one of AJ's finds.
0: That's one of AJ's guys.
1: Where's AJ at?
0: AJ is dealing with uh, some some personal stuff. Oh,
1: so. you know something. I know it's, it's it's let's just say this. I give AJ hassles. This is one. Uh, he's doing it the right thing. Yeah, no doubt about it.
0: Yep. Uh, you can take it. Take twenty percent off if you want a weekend or all access. You know we have Friday, Saturday, Sunday is all included in the weekend or all access. You can get that for twenty percent off. If you use the promo code check20 at pregame.com.
1: And tomorrow, Fezzik's going to be here, right? Yes, he will. He'll tell you about his record.
0: And it's going to be pretty <laughs> damn good. And it, you know what? I'll, I promise you this. Yes? I'm going to give another promo code out tomorrow. Okay, just to see if it's different. Well, like if, if the result, No, I'm telling different. you it's going to be different. Okay. and But this way, the listeners can use this coupon Ooh. today and save 20% off and then listen to tomorrow's show. And I'm going to give them another opportunity to save money. Double dip, they can double dip. Like George Costanza, they, they can't use the same code. But because I'm going to give them a different one tomorrow, it'll give them two opportunities to save.
1: You're a man of the people. Fez would have never done that. Well, maybe I'm going to give them money off of Fez's package. Oh, I, he'll he'll re, he'll listen. He'll he's very conflicted in those cases because he wants money, but he wants more money.